the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, hot topic. Uh, things uh, talking about setting captives free. You know, God has called us to uh, to do that, Jesus declared that ministry that he had, and he's still doing it today. And uh, in the studio, once again, I have my cohorts from last week. I have my pastor, Fred Edwards, out of Chicago, Illinois, and I have Brad Peglo out of Tucson. <laughs> Tucson, Arizona. Uh, yeah, they're in town visiting for different reasons. And so I take advantage of this moment and have them, have them on the show. And uh, and 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 just just an FYI, you know, what I mean, you know, we're we're not just talking, you know, out of our uh, our theology or books we've read. Uh, the three of us, we've all lived what we talked about. You know, what I mean, we've all been captive at some time and at some point in the area, and and we had to get free of that. You know, we we had to get free of that, and 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 coming to the realization of that sometimes is as a couple couple factors I wrote down as we from last week, and um. You know, a couple things I had to deal with is one, when people tell me, uh, "Oh, that's okay, that's normal," you know. <laughs> <laughs> but in my heart and in my spirit, I know it's wrong. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm like Adam. I'm I'm hiding. I'm hiding from the presence of God, right? <laughs> you know I mean? I, I'm going to church, but I'm hiding from the presence. You know what I mean? And uh, and and you know, and and then you know, then the other one that you know, you comes along and and and, uh, and you want to open up to people, but then you get around. A minister, and then you hear minister gossip, and I'm not telling him my business, so he can go tell somebody else. You know what I mean? And and uh, and so you know, we 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 have to be careful. That we've all down made the errors and things like that. But today, you know, we just uh, as promised last week, we just want to talk about uh, you know not just knowing the fact that you need to be free, but steps to maintaining that. You know what I mean? Because as if you know, once you get into an area of captivity, I think of uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And I think of little Edmund when he ate that little Turkish delight. Uh-huh. And the beaver said, he has the look of one that had been with the white witch. <laughs> <laughs> and this dude went back and snitched. You know what I mean? When he saw that the white witch wasn't whom she prepared for herself to be, he wanted to be free, but couldn't get free. Couldn't get free. And even when they freed him, she came back and said, I have a right to him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I go right to him, and everybody like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. But but you know the thing about it is, is that you know we all know the story. He had to lay his life down, to, so so that Edmund could be free, and uh, and Jesus laid his life down for us. But they were still, Edmund still had to always live with the fact that where he came from, he didn't have gifts like everybody else did. 
you know, when they got their gifts because he wasn't there. You know, I mean, he was free, but it cost a price. It cost, you know, the Lord his life. And, and I always keep that in my mind, that the freedom that I now have, right, is a result of me, is a result of the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me, Galatians 2.20. You know what I mean? And, and, and I always keep that in my mind that, that you know, it's not by my works that I can boast. You know what I mean? You know, and, and I know it's not. And so I, I keep that in mind and I make sure I take the steps. Like I said, set the priorities in my life to make sure I, I, I don't fall captive to that or anything else again. So we're going to talk about that. And so I'm about to start left to right. and start with you, uh, Brother Fred, as we talk about, uh, you know, in, in maintaining, maintaining. That freedom, you know what I mean, once you've been set free. Yes. Uh, I just want to uh, quickly refer to uh, one scripture here, uh, um, actually two real fast, from Judges, uh, the 13th chapter and the 24th verse. And it said, and the woman, and the woman bare a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew and the Lord blessed him. And then quickly in verse six, in chapter 16, Verse 22, how be it that the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven? And basically what I'm trying to emphasize here is that you have to commit yourself to maturity and development. A lot of times where the enemy does gain ground is when we kind of settle, we become complacent when we feel like, okay, we've arrived, you know, Um, you know, one service a week is that's cool. That's good. You know, I got enough God. But if you really commit yourself to maturity, to development, you know, not to plateau off, you know, but to say, God, there's more of you. There's more freedom, more Christ likeness. There's more ways I can honor God and do for God. And I think a lot of times when, when we have particular struggles, it is because we have just kind of settled for, well, you know, I'm human. We make excuses for it. And, but I think that when you really say, I want more, I'm not going to settle. I know there's a, a greater call on my life, a, a greater dimension of me yielding, me surrendering to God, a greater dimension of God's lordship in my life. And I'm talking personally for me, my pursuit of God, the Bible said no man seeketh God of his own. So even God's really pursuit of me is more correct. I'm really just apprehending him who has apprehended me. And I would really highly recommend to anyone listen today, if you want to make a turning point in your life, begin to seek after God wholeheartedly and God will actually come after you in that process. Brad? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I have uh, Proverbs chapter 8 open in front of me here. Mm-hmm. Just happened to be hearing you talk that. And, uh, and it's Jesus, it, this is actually the point in Scripture where Jesus, being the personification of God's wisdom, began to interject and speak of his relationship with his Father and his relationship with us and his deep love for us. And he says that, uh, that for... Uh, those who listen to me, those who look daily for me, they find me. That that God does not hide himself from us. And that when we pursue him in all his love and all his mercy and all his grace, that he makes himself available to us. He allows himself to be found when we seek him. I, I'm always struck by, by a passage of scripture. I, I read it in the New Testament. And it was, it was not even like a, a key passage. It was like a parentheses side note, like a couple words that just stood out to me. And it was like he left one place and he went up on a mountain to pray, 
right? And so that was one story. He left at the end of the story, he went up on a mountain to pray. And then it said, and those who were sick, and those who were lame, and those who were blind, and those who were in captive, they came to him, and he healed them, and he set them free. And what always stuck out, what always was, what stood out to me when I read that passage was, Jesus was on a mountain. And so in order for them to get free, in order for them to, in order, the people who were lame had to be carried up a mountain. A person who was blind had to be led up a mountain. He could have come down into the valley and met them where they were. And there are times that he does, that he comes down and he meets us where we are. But there are times when we have to labor and we have to press and we have to push and we have to go to where he is. And, and I'd imagine that the healing probably took place somewhere on the way up the mountain because their faith was in him was that my healing is at the top of this mountain and therefore I'm putting my faith and my action into action. And, and, and on their way up the mountain, probably they got free. They went up there and Jesus just loved on them. You know? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, when, when I, when I know and, and what made me embark upon this, uh, this, this topic is something that I had played with, but, uh, it, it really, you know, it was, it was, it was, the, it was the death of Jimmy Stanback, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, a, a gifted guy, an evangelist bar none. That dude could, that dude could have 500 people at a spot, <laughs> but captive, you know what I mean? You're really struggling, you know? And we had a conversation. The dude called me like 2.30 in the morning. You know, <laughs> I'm in Hawaii. He's, he got me praying for everybody at the club. Putting them on the phone. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, this is my pastor. He's going to pray for you. Pray for Pastor Joe. I've been telling him about Jesus. I said, could you take him home? Why they got to be at the club? You know what I mean? It's like, you know, but, uh, but you know, wanting to do the gifts of God. You know, I ain't been around people that they they follow God better drunk than sober. But when they get drunk, they become preaching machines. You know what I mean? They telling everybody, you know, uh, uh, about Jesus. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, you be like, you, you know, but you know, but that captivity, the thing that that that's holding them, and, and Jesus has called us to set captives free, and, and a lot of times we avoid those very people. We we avoid them. Yeah. You know, what I mean, like you 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 sharing the ride up here. Uh, those people go to the local church. They don't come to this particular school. You know, when you out there evangelizing, you don't you don't bring. We don't bring them in. Right. You know, I mean, a friend of mine in Atlanta, he's an evangelist, and he got mad at the church and walked away because. He's bringing all these people to church, and this pastor uh, wanted a different clientele, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, this dude is averaging, you know, twelve to fifteen people a week, you know, everything. And he's like, "Can you slow down? Can you slow down?" Basically, because he didn't want needy people, you know. What I mean, mm-hmm. he wanted people who come right in there and, and 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 give and build a nice, good mega church, laid background, you know. But not you bringing in all these hurting and wounded. I got to work. You know what I mean? It's like, I got to work. Sound like discipleship. Yeah, right. You're right, right. <laughs> Can you just go to the church up the street and steal me some good, well-seasoned souls and bring them on over here? And uh, but but that's that's our call. And 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 the thing about it is when that when 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 that uh, anointing is on your life, it attracts people. Yes, it, it attracts people. You know what I mean? It, it attracts people. You know, you know. My 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 wife says I have a thug anointing. No matter where we go. I attract them, you know. They just drawn to me. You know what I mean? I, you know, I'm I'm dealing with a guy now, man. It, I, I, you know, sometimes I wonder why God gives me favor with these cats. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Why do I get favor with these cats? You know what I mean? And uh, and so, you know, I got to keep him busy. 
you know. There's I mean? a scent you have, Pastor Jim. Yeah, it does. It's that it's that it's that Inglewood. That it's that Inglewood. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. We yeah, he, he, yeah. he smell like Chirac. Let's go on. Over. We, we, we can talk to this cat, you know. But I say that to say that it, to people, even even when your 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 being set free is not for you to, like you said, become complacent, sit on the couch, watch Netflix or TBN or whatever whatever is your flavor. Mm-hmm. But it's for you to go out and set others free. And I think about uh, the 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 demoniac. You know, when Jesus said, "No, you can't come with me." Go tell your story. Mm-hmm. And the groundwork he laid for the revival later on that you see, you know, in Decapolis was this man telling his story. Everybody knew who he was. He said, you know, you can't with me. You just stay here and tell your story. You know, And that Decapolis, for those of you that are Bible students, it means 10 cities. 10 cities. 10 cities. Now, he just didn't go out just one or two blocks. <laughs> you understand? This dude you know, had to work 10 yeah, cities. Yeah, he had to work 10 cities. Many times the magnitude of our depth of, of deliverance we need also expresses the magnitude of impact that God has for us. And we see that in his life. You know, that 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 oppression was trying to keep him from coming to his shining point of destiny. And many times when we have heavy burdens placed upon us by the enemy or by our wrong choices, also it's an indication of God, the really real full use that God wants to bring out of our life to help others experience freedom as well. And it's something that Brad said to me years ago is that is that coming through that and, and coming through his own deliverance process and getting set free, it helped him to see. And he can look at another guy and know what he's going through. You know what I mean? Because he knew how his face looked, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, you, I remember you telling me, it's like, I, I just look and I could tell, and I'm just waiting for this guy to open up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, you didn't use that to confront. You just, like, he'll be, he'll be coming to me one day. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and, and realizing that, that, that a lot of times people, there's a lot of people that need deliverance, that need to be set free, that need to come to that process, but aren't ready for it. So when I, you know, I used to tell people when they wanted me to come in and they wanted me to come in and fix all their people. I'm going to bring you in and speak and I want you to talk about this topic and, and when you're done, we're all going to be fixed. And I was like, man, it don't work that way. I said, but I will say, <laughs> and I always used to say, I said, I said, I'll come in and talk with you once we sit down and we map out a, a plan for when I leave, how you're going to disciple these people. I said, because when I'm done, there's going to be a handful of people who are going to be ready to walk through this process. I said, so I'm not going to, I want to be diligent with my testimony, diligent with the word God's given me so that I make sure that when I'm done that you're that you have a plan in place to follow up and I'll and I'll help you kind of come that cuz I when I talk I said me talking is like going fishing. I'm the bait. I'm going to walk out there and I'm going to throw some stuff out and those that are hungry, those that are ready, those that are desperate, they're going to come up to me afterwards and it usually goes something like this. Hey man, uh yeah, uh so like like take out your name and stick my name in there, change a couple of details. And, and then they just stand there and nod their head. And that's, the, and that's their first form of confession to which I say, I hear you, brother. I, God loves you. Let's pray. You know, and, and, it, and it sort of begins the journey. It begins the journey. But we dismiss the journey. I mean, we dismiss the journey. You know, we want that. We, I, I think the, difficult, the difficulty in, in, in Pentecostal churches, why there's so many people struggling, is because is because there should be that one-time deliverance. Like, lay your hands on me, and bam, it's gone. And it's like, no, Jesus, it's kind of like deliverance. I think of Jesus when, when he delivered the, the man with the, who had leprosy, right? And, and he touched the man with leprosy, and the leprosy instantly left him, right? I said, but, but how did the leprosy change this man's life? 
he had to live his life in isolation. He had to live his life on the outside of the, he, he had to go his life without being touched, without being cared for, and, and learn to be independent. So now Jesus took away the very thing that held him captive, and he had to learn to live in freedom. And it was a daily process. I want to add to that. Uh, there's a story in John. The, um, right, we, we're going to run up on a break and we're going to uh, come back and Brother Fred is going to share with us this story in John. And as we continue on this topic of setting captives free, you listen to Isaiah 61, Radio Ministry of Spirit of the Lord Church. Uh, we'll be back. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. So you want to take a break from your day and watch some funny videos online. There's nothing wrong with that, but it can be tough with all the riffraff, pop-ups, and questionable content on some video streaming sites. The solution, GodTube.com. This is a news story talking about the existence of atheist megachurches. Hey, what do you do there? Do you sing worship songs? Shout to the void, all the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to nothing. Safe for the whole family. Get your daily laugh from the comedy section at GodTube.com. There's this uh, phenomenal story in the book of St. John, the fourth chapter. And if you would allow me, as they say, to use my sanctified imagination, (laughs) (laughs) you know, uh, Jesus is... um, about to provide spiritual therapy for this woman. And this woman has been broken, have gone through several relationships, uh, all the modern buzzwords we use, disenfranchised, and so on and so forth. Jesus introduces her to worship. And I have found in my own life having vibrant worship yeah. is one of God's therapy uses yes. that really helps us really begin to surrender him to him, uh, uh, give him space to begin to change the condition of our heart. Um, you know, I remember uh, one time uh, I was preaching a message and and I was telling people make choices and make commitments and so on and so forth. And it came to me very sincerely. Fred, not every choice is just a commitment. Some choices you have to be conditioned to make that commitment. And this is what worship does. It conditions us to to acquiesce, to give place to God. And so in all of her struggle with all those six relationships, Jesus introduced us to the center point, worship. And and I, I would really encourage anyone listening today, if you have any type of struggle, if you take that into God's presence, what can withstand God's presence? What can withstand the dealings of the Holy Spirit? I don't know of anything in this earth. And I have uh, embraced that myself. I love to worship, um, not just worship music, but I love worship. I love to take on God's attitude, God's attributes, and what he can do for me as I surrender my heart to him in worship. I, I can testify to that, man. I remember when I first came into the kingdom, and I was a DJ. That's how I made my money. 
you know, and music was how I made my money. And, and the day after I got saved, I gave away all my equipment. I gave away all my albums. I gave away everything. Everybody thought I went crazy. Even people was telling me, you can use your ability to DJ for the Lord. <laughs> and I didn't want to touch it because I knew what I did to people with my music. I knew how I manipulated them. I knew how I got them there. People love coming to my parties because by the time the end of the party, I conditioned everybody into the one thing. Go home and get busy. Guys would be happy. You go to Joe Sutton party, at the, end, the women are ready to give it up by the end of the party. So I knew what I did to people, right? And I said, I can't have this doing this to me because I got to change my mind. You know what I mean? You don't know what to, I didn't know about renewing the mind. I just know I need to change my mind. You know, some say you need to change your mind. You need to get rid of these things. But I would still get them angry outbursts because people think I crack jokes all the time. But, you know, I just get angry serial killer outbursts, man. And I started just making up songs. I started making up songs. I still remember all them songs, you know what I mean? And, and I would just get a piece as I just sang in my car or sang in my thing. I just would go and, you know, and me and my kids look at me like, Dad, why do you own so much worship music? I said, so you can still be alive. Because you know, I would have been and killed all y'all by now, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's like but it said he sues the savage beast. Oh, my goodness, you know what I mean? It, you know, it's just, it, it, it takes me it takes me to that point and. And which gets me so frustrated sometimes when I do go into service and they only want to sing three songs and take an offering and leave. And I'm like, I'm like, you'll never break nobody like me. You know what I mean? You're, you'll never break nobody like me with three songs. Yeah. It's good for the believer because he's already a believer and you can you know how to worship. You know how to feed yourself already. You don't need no man to feed you. But, you know, for someone who, who really needs to be set free or maintain that, you know what I mean? Where, where do they find that? Avenue in which why we see the worship is worship is a billion dollar business now. You know what I mean? It's a billion dollar business. You know, there, there may be one Christian music company out there, all the rest of them, but secular, the secular folks know when they did that KTL record type worship thing 12 years ago, late night TV, they sold 2 million copies in two weeks. They realized 12 years ago their worship was hot. And they start getting it. Why is worship hot? For the very reason that you just said. You know, people people can sing and, and honestly feel that glow and, and, and f- just feel something. You know what I mean? And 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 to get to that point, and and uh, and and you know, though they don't get to preach word because worship sets the table for the preach word. You know what I mean? You find people now going to concerts just to worship concerts, and just to listen to a Christian worship. Big right. deal. Right. You know, and pay big bucks to go in and see these folks worship mm-hmm. because it's such a lacking attribute in there, and and you trying to maintain, uh, maintain the lyrics or seek any kind of freedom or relief from the oppression that you're under. Right. Well, I think that the, the thing that worship does is it is it brings the presence of God instantly into your circumstances. It takes you out of your circumstances, brings you instantly into the presence of God. I don't remember the passage in the Old Testament, but the one that comes to mind is is when uh, when when uh, one of the one of the one of the countries, you know, it was, and there was Israel was divided, and right, Israel right. and Judah, and was coming up against them, and and they went to, uh, and, and they were overpowered by the army greatly, and they went to God, and they called a fast, and they consecrated themselves, and they tore their clothes, and they all went in, and they began to worship God, and the angel came down and destroyed their enemy. They came up over the hill, and there was your enemy completely defeated, and all they did was worship, was fight and worship. Yes. And 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 that I think is a key piece. So we realize that worship is not about telling God we're grateful. Worship is about killing our flesh. It's about taking on our enemy and saying, "You will not be defeated." Because I walk, I live, I breathe, I speak, and I relate, 
every moment of every day in the presence of God. I am his. You know this for the fact in, in, in this last minute, uh, the most, the most, the time kids love the most at our three deep leadership academy is what? The sing time. Singing time. Chapel time, yeah. They will sing and won't stop. Yeah. They don't want to stop. They want to keep singing and, and they want to, and, and most of the kids in there, they're not saved, don't go to church, but they, man, they want to stomp the devil. They want to do all, they, they sing all the songs. They know the songs better than the church kids do. The church kids are standing out like this. Right, right. Looking bored. Right, and and, and, and the unchurched kids are... <laughs> they get with it. They get it, you know what I mean? <laughs> they, they getting it, but you can tell the church kid, he's like... You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and, and the unchurched kid is, is getting in it because he's like, I feel something I've never felt before. You're so used to it that you're numb to it. You know what I mean? You don't even know the privilege you have. You know what I mean? It, that it gets in there. Once again, I to thank you guys for coming in, man. Brad, I know you're here for a little while for a wedding, and it's back to Tucson to do ministry. Pastor Ray, we know you. You'll be you'll be preaching all over everywhere, all over the country, doing something like that. Uh, you ever want to get a hold of these guys? You know, you can just contact, just hit our website, sotl.org. You know, and leave me a message. You know, or do like everybody else in the city does. Call me at six one two two five one. 5717, my cell phone. Everybody has that number in the city. God bless you guys. See you next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.